Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. All right, welcome back to the Fuel Podcast. We're live here at the NADA in Las Vegas for 2024. I've got the illustrious Mr. Jim O'Connor with me. How you doing, Jim? Great. Alex, nice to be with you. What a convention. This is big. I know. It's been wild so yeah. far. It's like a circus out there. About 24,000 people, I think, are coming. God, this is wild and everything. And it, I think there's more rooms and all kinds of stuff. It's insane. And our booth is packed. Is the it Dynatron packed? booth is packed right now. I know. The, the whole booth right now, there's standing room only. And, and it's even dribbled out into the lane of people walking by and stuff like that. And why? Because Dynatron works. <laughs> it works. It will improve your service fixed operations. So, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, with the NAD, how many times have you been to NAD? I mean, what did you say, like 50 years? This would be over 50 years, and I don't think I missed maybe maybe one or two in all those years. And, you know, one was COVID, so I didn't have one. So, But how, I come every year. How much have you seen it change over those years? Well, the themes change. I remember way, way back in the 70s, RVs. Painted RVs were big time. Then it went into this and that and this and that. And now it's a lot of electronics. You know, it's electric vehicles. It's AI. Now, electric vehicles, only about 45 states don't even sell 3%. It's California. It's Washington. It's New Jersey. It's a few states that sell a, a large number. And who knows if there's an election for presidency coming up. If a Republican gets in, it might change. It might change some of the near-term requirements. The other is AI. Alex, AI is way over my head. And for the audience that I think I'm speaking to, let AI improve your processes, your ability to uh, ship and so forth, parts. But right now, focus on what you can control, and that's your fixed operations. Wouldn't you also say, I mean, like you said, AI is a big deal coming across the board, but, I mean, still focusing on not automating the communication process with your customers so much with AI, like still having that touch with your customers. I know you're big about engaging with your team, engaging with your people all the time. The most important thing to me for a fixed operations manager is get stall utilization, maximize pricing, and constantly, constantly monitor the quality and the efficiency of your techs. Now, is that a process that you've developed over you know the period of time? I mean, how many years have you been in the business altogether? Since 1964. Wow, yeah, baby. He's seen it and done it one time. But more importantly, I've been on the board with Dynatron and on their advisory board for about eight, eight to ten years. Eight to ten years. You know, what they have is a pricing process after checking out the marketplace. They have um, warranty rate increases if the state has warranty rate increases on parts. And they have the efficiency of one, you know, one line item, pricing matrix, discipline. And if a fixed operations manager reviews that, and I'm talking about daily, <laughs> daily, he can counsel with his team. Well, it's been, a, it's been interesting, you know, as being a coach and stuff like that. I mean, one of the big things that I can relate to managers about is there's all these reports and all this data that we have to look at. And sometimes to get what we need, it takes 
30 minutes to an hour to sometimes weeks to get what we need. So one of the biggest things that I love to be able to do is give them time back in their day. I mean, say, hey, look, what we're taking that would normally take us an hour, we're going to do it within the first three to five minutes of your day now. Our group has uh, about nine stores, two in Florida and seven up in Pennsylvania. And we just had the fixed operations meeting. I don't really know the exact code numbers, but they said, oh, we look at three and 41, whatever those two reports are, whatever, those, whatever the two numbers they mentioned. I mean, they look at those every single day, and they look at the broader-based stuff other times. So, and again, you're with the Kelly group, right? I'm with Kelly Ford in Melbourne, Florida. Melbourne, Florida. Nice. Nice. Sunny down in Florida, huh? It's, it's, it's very nice in Florida. <laughs> now, Kelly Ford... John Colleen is our representative from Dynatron. Does a great job. They all, every manager listens to him because he does constantly, routinely have the calls. But we went from about 82% service absorption, which is about what a Ford dealer nationally does. In 2023, we were 108% service absorption. It means covered everything except oh, for wow. the variable in, in, in new. I mean... Our parts and service director is outstanding, and he believes in Dynatron and uses it. Well, I mean, if we had your parts and service director in here, would he say that his experience working with John Colleen, one of our Stay Smart coaches that's outstanding, would he say it's more of a partnership or more of a consultation? I'd call it a partnership. I mean, John tries to point out, you know, the key areas. Have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? Have you looked at this with this? It comes by service writer. So have you looked at it? Come, you know, it's the efficiency that he pinpoints for our manager. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. So, I mean, like, again, kind of the process you were talking about, bay efficiency and some stuff like that, is that something you developed over the, the years of, of experience or is it something kind of new that you've been looking at? I'm a, big per, I'm a big believer in put the right person on the bus in the right seat. And we have a parts and service director who said, you know what, I don't think we're getting this deficiency out of the body shop where we had, let's say, six, eight stalls. So we knocked them down, and we put medium to heavy trucks in there. Florida has motorhomes. Florida have buses. I mean, these people coming up and down from the north in, the, in just the general area of our Brevard County. We are a center of excellence now, and those tickets are big-time tickets versus an oil change in the quick lane that we have. Yeah, working on a motorhome is like you got to be almost a, a contractor, oh, a plumber. Some, some of the ROs are over $20,000. It's outstanding. Yeah, Just got to work on the receivables, which we are death on. We, we look at every receivable. Every Thursday morning, we look at any receivable that's open, and uh, we're all over it. So the term you brought up earlier was bay efficiency. You like the bay efficiency? If... If I've never heard of that before, how would you define it? Well, it's a, a, a uh, does a person have any unapplied time? Does he does he cover his expenses? Does he cover how much gross is he bringing in? No, he know we know it by stall, and we know it by individual. I mean, when you do, when you do payroll, and you have it on Friday afternoon, and you're looking at the person, either he had a great week because he he produced a lot, or it was inefficient. And you say, why? What, did, you know, what was wrong? And there's a lot of coaching and counseling. That's an important step for a manager. Well, what would be the first step in the coaching of that? Well, building rapport with your tech so they trust you. Uh, one thing we do, have, we have what they call onboarding. When a person comes on board to our store, our, every one of the managers meet him or her. We have a lot of service riders that are women. And then we do a major job in laying out 
their career path. A tech who's starting off wants to know what the career path is going to be. We point that out, and then we, we show it, and we do it. Here's so-and-so. Here's where he's been or she's been. Then, secondly, we send them to school. And in some cases, we pay for their tools. Depends on, you know, diesel techs are hard to get, so <laughs> whatever diesel tech needs to get on board and make them really. And then we have cookouts on Fridays on, once a month for all the techs. I mean, we have a, we have a family, and um, I think our oldest, our longest tech has been there something like uh, 29 years. 29 years. So, I mean, do, would you say you've got a pretty good process for retention of technicians? Yes, because we, again, we train them and we show them the career path. The ones that leave, they left because something happened at a different store, I mean, in their family life, yep. that they had to move to a different town or a different state. We don't lose many techs. So as far as, like, you talked about the bay efficiency, we talked about pricing optimization, you know, partnering with Dynatron and playing around with that. I'm like, what's, what's another piece? I mean, how much do you feel like your upper management, your general managers and stuff like that are getting involved in the process? Well, one thing we do on retention is every single RO, we put 50 cents in a pot. If you're there in December, you collect it. So <laughs> it could be two to $3,000 or more to some of the techs. And that's a retention thing that we do. We, um, again, as I said, we, we train them. And if they need efficiency, we, we do that. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a family atmosphere. Mr. Kelly, who's there every day. I'm not at the store every day. I'm only there a couple of days a month. But I talk to almost every employee that I see. They all know Jim O'Connor. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's important that you recognize people. How they feel in between their two ears when they come into the, into the store every day is so important. If they got in a fight before they got there, they're messed up. You got to just get everybody and make sure their mindset to go to work. I think that's perfect because, I mean, I've, I've always been in the mindset when you're working somewhere, you want to feel like a person instead of a number. Just, you're not just an employee number, and it sounds like that's the environment you've exactly. got. Now, is that, a, is that something that you guys continuously train on with your managers, that family-style environment? Do you have to train on that? Well, we, we um, as I said, we just had a, a – Eight, eight, eight of the fixed operations directors all met. I went to that meeting and we go through a whole series of what do you think you did well last year? What do you want to improve this year? Um, if you want to improve results, change your behaviors. You want to improve results, change your behaviors. I see you go to the, to the gym every day. <laughs> you look like a rock. I need to change my behavior and go to the gym. <laughs> so, I mean, like, as far as that, that process begins and changing behavior, like what are some things that you've learned over the years like to, to help like say, hey, when you're talking to somebody, you're very personable, right? I know that's part of a personality aspect, but how do you help somebody along the way of saying, hey, if you're going to work on behaviors, this is where you got to start. I think you got to fan the A performers and talk to the C and D performers and obviously the B, but you got to really recognize and thank people who constantly, constantly, constantly perform at an excelled rate. Those that don't, you have to sit and say, hey, what's going on? What's on your mind? What do you need? What are we missing? How can I help you? And to me, that's very important. And our managers do that. How often do they do that? Well, I think, you know, I'm not there every day, but I would say when they hand out the paychecks, <laughs> that's, they can tell. And so they schedule uh, appointments 
with meeting some of the techs. So now, like, when they're doing these, go ahead. I'd also say that, I'd also say that it isn't just the service, it's the parts, too. I mean, our parts guys have to deliver, when we do 800,000 in gross, they delivered a lot of parts. When we change the mix from a body shop to a, you know, a lot of heavy-duty business, we have a whole shop that's just heavy-duty, 250s, 350s, 450s, buses, motorhomes, et cetera. I mean, they have to do, you know, have to get the right parts guy to handle that, and you got to be very efficient getting those parts back to each stall. So, I mean, it's just, it, it seems like the process is there, but, like, what's the biggest shift you're starting to see overall in the industry? It, say it again, please. What's the biggest shift you're starting to see in the overall in the industry? In the industry? Yeah. Um, well, there's a whole lot of talk about electric, but the reality is it isn't there yet. It, it's, it'll get bigger every year. But you just saw where Hertz was going to order 100,000 Hertz car, Teslas, just kick back 20,000 they're selling back to get, put them on the market. That brought used car prices drop like, they used to be about $20,000 more than an internal combustion vehicle. Now it's almost parity. In December, the electric vehicles had a 113-day supply versus a 69-day supply for the uh, internal combustion cars. I mean, it's a slow, slow curve going on, and yet there's 70 new electric vehicles coming to market over the next 24 months. 24 months. I could read every one of them to you. You know, where they're coming from, who, who's doing it. But it's, um, so you, you, they talk about that, but stay focused on the meat and potatoes because that's where it's going to be in the 2024 year. We're not talking right now, Alex, about 2030. Right. You and I are talking about how to get productivity in 2024. Stay focused, work the process. So I was, I'm really interested because you did bring this up in the beginning. You said it, you started in 1964. I started in 1964 as a college graduate trainee down in Jacksonville, Florida. I'd never been on a plane and never been in Florida in my life. I'm from New York City originally. And I get down there, and uh, the first time I called on a dealer, I had a speeding ticket, and I went through a red life. I was so nervous to call on the dealer. <laughs> then he went out to lunch with me, and when he came back, I think he had a little too much to drink at lunch, and he fell asleep in his chair, and I said, Hmm, that wasn't in the book about what do you do. The man, the man fell asleep. I couldn't even talk to him. So now, um, but then I became a student of the business. I used to always work up what I wanted to say to the, the dealer when I got there. And then I asked him, could I go to the used car department and just watch him? Tell me about reconditioning. What do you do? Tell me about how you price the cars. Tell me about what, you know, in those days, the black book or what have you. Now it's, uh, you know, all, all electronic, the auto and so forth. But, um, you know, I, and then from there, I actually left the company, and I went with the Kellys, who I'm with now. The Kellys in Atlanta, Georgia, and I it was 27 years old, and I was the general manager of the Ford store for two years. And my wife, we had a child, and my wife didn't like me working seven and a half days a week, <laughs> yeah. or six and a half days a week. But uh, so, in the interest of our family relationship, I went ahead and... Uh, Applied back to Ford, and they started me over as a field manager again at the very, 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 very bottom. But when I left, I was a group vice president and the top 15 people in the company. So <laughs> I think that, that retail experience was, to me, like getting a master's degree, getting a doctorate degree in the retail and understanding, you know, the retail dealers and how, to, how the processes work. That's outstanding. So 
I mean, it just sounds like to me like one of the reasons you may have relocated to Florida is to get that golf game going. One of the reasons went to Florida? Yeah. That's where, that's where the sun shines. <laughs> and I can play. Now I'm a golfer. Yeah. Not a good golfer, but a golfer. I play three days a week, and, um, and basically you can do that in Florida 12 months of the year. <laughs> So is that something you do with your team and your managers and stuff? You guys go on golf outings and things no, like no, that? No, no, um, no. but we have uh, – we won the President's Award uh, two years in a row, which is very prestigious. About 5% of the four dealers win it. And there's a muscle – Mustang Muscle Museum. The gentleman has somewhere about 275, 280 vehicles inside – and he only lets people come into his museum for charitable work. Mm. So we've had our entire organization came, because it's President's Award isn't just parts of service, it's everybody. Um, and so we had the um, big meeting there. I got up, Mr. Kelly got up, we spoke. We had a big cookout, and uh, the gentleman who owned the facility spoke. He is also one of our best customers. Any hot Mustang he buys. <laughs> So, I mean, like, like, what's some of those, I mean, is that, is that something you guys lean on, like things, like stories like that? Do you use well, those? Well, I think when we won the President's Award, it was so, we, we, we had every single employee. Oh, and at that meeting, you got a uh, movie ticket, like you're going to the movies, a little ticket, and you got one for one year, two for two years. Remember I told you one guy had 27 years? Yeah. He got 27 tickets, and we pulled out, I think we gave away $30,000 that day. You gave away $30,000 that day? To the employees. Wow. And so maybe the first couple were, you know, 100, then 500, then 1,500, and then 2,500, 5,000, et cetera. (laughs) So I think, you know, he had 27 tickets, and when when he walked up, we were so proud of him because, you know, he was our longest-term employee. That's fantastic. So, I mean... Moving into 2024, I mean, I've had a lot of questions about, like, like, where do people start putting their focus in their business? So as you've been through all these years and experience, I mean, we talked about some of the processes. We talked about some of the EV. But, I mean, if you're trying to have an overall focus into 2024, what would you say would be a place to look at? Start off by saying don't get unfocused with too many things. I used to have it as a process when I was working at Ford. What are the three biggest things I need to do to make a substantial improvement this year, this quarter, this month? I wrote them down. Every single night, this is called time management. Every single night, this is a true story. You, 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 know, you know me, Alex, but this is true. I would write down, how much time did I spend on those three things today? And at the end of the week, I'd look and say, you know what? Tuesday and Wednesday, I didn't even focus on those, and I said those are the most important. Or the next week, I was all over those things. And so you, you really have to, don't make it too big. It's not that, you know, this isn't a big business. I mean, you just got to stay focused on what you think are the major priorities that you have to come. Maybe it's, I need to hire three diesel techs. Maybe it's, I need to get that warranty reimbursement processed this month. Maybe it's, Whatever it is. Maybe it needs, I really need to review those reports that I haven't been reviewing and get back into it because we've slipped a little bit. Whatever the things are, write down. And you might change them by month once you accomplish them. Then you move over. But it's called, what do I have to do? And at the end of the night, 
what did I do to get those things accomplished? And be amazed because people, they spin, they spin, they spin. They don't focus and focus and focus. I was extremely focused only on the major priorities. Don't budge me because I'm not moving off those until we get them accomplished. So, you know, there's a lot of AI and there's a lot of EVs and there's a lot of all, you know, all these different booths. Stay focused, time management, and stay on your priorities. See, I think that's huge because, like you said, there's so many distractions of being able to be over here or look at this and being pulled away from like, hey, listen, let me get these things straight and then working on it. I think, you know, being able to sit down and, and write down every single night, you wrote down how much time you actually focused on it that day. Absolutely. And you, ch- you, you mean, just- people, you know, you don't, you don't go from a trainee to group <laughs> vice president and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I was down in Mexico for two years. I had Latin America. I was in Canada for six years. I mean, you just got to, when you can win, you got to prove you can get the job done. So you set your priorities. You try to understand from your team, from your team, what we got to get done. And then you stay real focused and devote your time to that. And so many people get spent around every day, yeah. all the BS, and they don't stay on the focus. But it can be done if you stay focused. So I got to ask you now, which one did you like better? The Latin America or Canada? I love Canada. <laughs> I love Canada. I've always been told that's where the cold air comes from. I was there two years, and then I came back. They had never had a, a, a CEO. We were a public company up there. I never had a CEO that was an American. And while I was very proud that they recognized me and brought me back for my second term. Oh, wow. In 84 to 86, I was there as vice president. Then I went back to the States, and I came back in 90 to 94. And, oh, by the way, the Blue Jays won the World Series two, two of those four years that I was there. <laughs> and we owned 10% of the Dome Stadium, so I was down a lot of games at oh, night. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, um, let's see. It was – oh, I can't remember now. But so you got to be in Canada for how many years? Two years? or I was there two years from 84 to 86. 84 That's 86. where I met Mr. Silver. Oh, okay. I met Les Silver. He came into my office and he said to me – because I had parts of service reported to me and sales, sales operations – uh, do you think anybody could use our system? And it wasn't Dynatron then. I'm not to scratch my head. Are there Romes or something? No, like even that? before that. Even before that, yeah. And so uh, I introduced them to different groups because they had dealer groups up there. And he expanded. And then um, when I came to the States, he came to my office many times. Uh, he asked me to be on PMI or MPI, whatever it was called, board, but I didn't do that. And then when he asked me to be on Dynatron about eight years ago, I said, sure, love to. So how, how are you liking that right now, being on that advisory council? Oh, it's easy to give advice. The, the one thing I'm p- proud about is because I'm involved in Kelly Ford and because I talk to our people all the time, I believe my input to the advisory board is on solid ground. Because, you know, if I was just some factory guy who hadn't been in a dealership in 20 years, but, I, but I've been there, I, I go every single month two days a month, and talk to all the employees, and we go over all of our numbers uh, in great detail. So I'm, I'm on top of it. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, I always talked about, like, when we talk to our people on the, on the show and stuff, they always have, like, these good stories or these interactions and things like that. So, like, what's, like, what's a story that stands out in you from the automotive world? In what regard? So, like, just a, just a, I met this guy, or this situation happened, or just a story overall. Well... When our fixed operations manager, we used to do 450000 in gross a month. 
We just had 800,000 in January oh, wow. of 24. When he came into the meeting and said, I'd like to consider knocking down the body shops, and I think there's a big opportunity because Ford is very, very big in the commercial truck business, mm-hmm. 250s, 350s, 450s, etc. And there's a lot of uh, motorhomes and stuff in, t- in town here. I really would like to go ahead and do that. So we said, put together a business case. Put it down on what are they doing now? What, each, what will each stall? Put down how much equipment you need to buy. I mean, lifts, heavy-duty lifts, et cetera. Put down how you're going to staff it. And then um, come on back. He left the room, and I said, you know what? To the, the owner, Mr. Kelly, I said, you know what? I think we got something here. Let's see what he comes back with. And let's see how we can support it. It's his idea. He's behind it. We like him as our fixed operations manager. He's been there for a while. And by the way, he had been the ser- a service writer. Oh, the he, best he, service he came writer up from a service. He line. had been the best oh. service writer we had. He was light meters ahead of everybody else. I mean, he was really good. Every night before the cars came in, he looked at the uh, appointments. He knew what the people were going to need. I mean, he was on top of it. He proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Six P's. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance. And he was, you know, proper prior planning. He did it. So a, a meeting went by, and then uh, he brought some stuff in. We said, refine it a little bit more. Second meeting, we approved it. And then we started the demolition. And our biggest problem now is we have, we're tight on parking. So, you know, we're tight on parking because we have, we have a lot of service business, fixed operations business. So, I mean, like how many vehicles do you run through a day? Uh, close to 120. 120 a day? Yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, is that something sustainable? Well, it's been, let me put it this way. Every, uh, it started maybe three or four years ago when it was 450, then it got to six, then it got to seven. Last month we did eight. And by the way, we also own... Infinity of Melbourne, we did 200,000 there last year. So he told us we'd have a, a, million, a billion dollar month, and uh, we just had that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, hey, brother, um, what I, one thing I love to do is, like, as we start to wrap up the episode and everything, sure. is I like to give a final thought. Like, is there something, like, if you were talking to a business person out there, talking to a general manager in FOD, or talking to somebody in general overall, like, what's a final thought you could give them? I was kind of close it out. Well, here. the final thought is, if you're 24,000 people here, you're looking at a million different booths. Why would you want to do Drynatron? All I can tell you is, based on my personal experience, based on dealing with the advisory board dealers, which are a bunch of big groups, Dynatron works. If you want to improve your fixed operations and you're sincere about it, get together with the folks from Dynatron, sign up, and we guarantee you're going to have improved results. We guarantee it. And, but we also have to guarantee you got to do the work at your end because it's every single day staying focused and getting results and it will work. Yeah. I mean, that level of engagement, I mean, that's the biggest thing is every time you go into something, you got to have that back and forth and got to have that engagement. I know you don't have that problem, Jim. I know you don't have no problem getting in somebody's face discreetly, but saying, Hey, we got to get on this. We got to get engaged with this. Never put somebody down. They come into the building, how they feel between their two ears. If you, you give them a little compliment, they'll pump up. 
if you jump all over them on something, you can't talk to them. They're, they're down in the dumps. And they, they go out in their stall, they're down in the dumps all day. Look for the balance between the stick and the carrot. And uh, I would say use more of the carrot because <laughs> uh, people want to be recognized. But just give them good counsel. As I said, we train the people. We recognize the people. We support the people. Absolutely. Well, Jim, I can't thank you enough, brother. I mean, that's going to conclude our episode here at NADA with Mr. Jim O'Connor. All right. And then I uh, wish to have you back on. You're going to come back on? Come back on the podcast come sometime? Sure. Anytime. Anytime. Anytime I need you, just give you a ring. Sure. Huh? Just go yank you off the golf course, huh? I can do it by phone, long distance. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. Real pleasure. Thank you for joining another episode of the Fuel Podcast. Always be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to be notified when new episodes are being dropped. And click the link below to review any of the show notes for additional information. Or you can email the Fuel Podcast with the link as we encourage any feedback or any questions or comments from our listeners. Until next time, I'm your host, Alex Keith, with the Fuel Podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership. <laughs>